0: Let's take off, baby, let's just drive, honey, into the night sky, to the sunset shine, into the day,
1: baby. Let's go travel land, let's go travel land, let's go travel land, let's go travel land.
2: This is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. Did you know that fish six feet long and over a hundred years old are swimming Lake Huron? It's true and you can have a close encounter with them at the Blue Water Sturgeon Festival in St. Clair. Charlevoix is welcoming you back for a visit with a summer open house. Frankenmuth is proud of its German heritage and they're showing it off at Bavarian Festival. And there are new exhibits to see at the Mackinac State Historic Parks. We travel Michigan next, where your trip begins at Michigan.org.
0: Let's go
3: traveling, let's go traveling.
2: Welcome to Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. Glad to be back with you again this week as we explore the great state of Michigan. And we have a great lineup today, so I hope you can stick around for the entire hour. You're going to be happy that you did. And we're going to start out with a pretty unique thing. You know, we are the festival state, I like to call us, because we have so many festivals in this state. And not just during the summer months. But the summer months is that big time for festivals when everybody wants to be in their short sleeves and and out there checking out various communities. And I know a lot of people want to kind of check in with our connection with the lakes. We touch on four of the five great lakes. So we are people of the water. And did you know that there are places in Michigan where fish are huge, like six feet long? Well, we're going to find out about that next as we head to Port Huron to talk to Sherry Faust. She is president of the Friends of the St. Clair River, and they have a really cool festival coming up in June. Sherry, welcome to the program.
4: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about my favorite subject, yeah. uh, the Great Lakes Living Dinosaur, the Lake Sturgeon.
2: They really are living dinosaurs, living dinosaurs. So so tell us a little bit about the sturgeon first, and then we'll go into the festival details.
4: Okay. So like you mentioned, Lake Sturgeon are um, grow up to six feet long. They can live to be 100 years old. And they're swimming the waters of Lake Huron, the St. Clair River, and Lake St. Clair. There are fewer lake sturgeon today than a century ago because they are a threatened species. But of the sturgeon still roaming the Great Lakes, most of them can be found in Port Huron. There's actually over 10,000 lake sturgeon that call Port Huron home, which makes it possible to see these gentle giants at our Blue Water Sturgeon Festival on June 4th.
2: That's so cool. Well, when you hear the number 10,000, that doesn't sound like a threatened species, but it truly is, especially if you compare that to other fish species in the Great Lakes area.
4: We are providing a really rare opportunity for people to get up close and personal with these living dinosaurs, these ancient fish of the Great Lakes with a uh, personal touch tank experience. and. We wanted to inspire people to protect these, the threatened species. And it's really hard to inspire stewardship and protection of an animal that you couldn't see. So we needed to find a way to show people the lake sturgeon and get people to the fish. And that's what you can do when you're at the Blue Water Sturgeon Festival.
2: Well, it's, a, it's a great idea. So the uh, Blue Water Sturgeon Festival is coming up on Saturday June 4th, it's a one-day festival, starts at 10 in the morning, goes till 3 in the afternoon. Where are you located?
4: Bluewater Sturgeon Festival is in Port Huron. The festival takes place right on the shores of Lake Huron, right on the beach, underneath the Michigan's oldest lighthouse. So we're at Lighthouse Park in Port Huron. You can check out the lighthouse. You can go swimming at the beach in Lake Huron while also getting your first-hand connection with lake sturgeon. So we have a six foot tank that will be full of adult sturgeon that you can touch and hold. But then we have sturgeon in tanks of all sizes. So we'll have some sturgeon eggs, some newly hatched sturgeon, some baby sturgeon. You get to see them in all their stages of their life cycle. Um, But it's really impactful to see the adult sturgeon in our six-foot
2: tank. Oh, I bet, and you know, when we call them prehistoric, they look prehistoric too.
4: Yeah, sturgeon have lived and spawned in the Great Lakes for thousands of years. Um, What's unique about the lake sturgeon that live in Port Huron is that our sturgeon population doesn't need to be restored because we have 10,000 that come back to Port Huron every year to spawn. And that's how the sturgeon festival was created nine years ago, is to celebrate this annual return of lake sturgeon to Port Huron every year. We need to protect this species. And now our sturgeon population, Port Huron, are helping restock sturgeon in other parts of the Great Lakes, like in Saginaw Bay and in the Toledo River.
2: That's fantastic. Now, I know you have, in addition to those hands-on uh, opportunities to actually, you know, touch a sturgeon, so to speak, there's music, there's food, you have workshops, you even have a Native American drum ceremony, which I think is really cool. And uh, this is all happening there at the Lighthouse Park. Now, I understand, and all, of, all of those things are free, by the way, but I understand you also have an opportunity to get out on the Huron Lady.
4: Right, so Port Huron has a sightseeing cruise boat, it's called the Huron Lady, and we created a really unique experience, it's called a sturgeon cruise, and for $30 at 1 p.m. on June 4th, you can hop aboard the Huron Lady and travel out the St. Clair River to underneath the Blue Water Bridges, right in Lake Huron, where we will have, there is a research vessel of biologists that are catching tagging and releasing lake sturgeon. So you get a one-on-one experience to ask questions of the biologists who are doing real um, research on lake sturgeon in Lake Huron. And this is where the biologists come from all over the Great Lakes to study Lake uh, lake sturgeon is in Port Huron. So we're giving people a boat ride experience to see that happening in person, on the
2: water. What a cool opportunity. Uh, uh, one of the many things you can do during the Port Huron Sturgeon Festival, it's coming up June 4th, starting at 10 o'clock. Don't miss uh, that opening ceremony and then enjoy the entire festival. Go, go there hungry, by the way, because there's going to be plenty of food. And that cool opportunity to see sturgeon up close and personal. Our thanks to Sherry Faust, president of the Friends of the St. Clair River, and the website is sturgeonfestival.com. We're going to head to Charlevoix the Beautiful next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. Next up, we get to go to a beautiful place. In fact, this place is so beautiful. They actually call it Charlevoix the Beautiful. If you've been there, you know that's a really accurate name, too, to define this beautiful little place in northwest Michigan. Let's find out what's happening up there for this coming season with Amanda Wilkin. She is the executive director of the Charlevoix Convention Visitors Bureau. How you doing, Amanda?
1: Hi, Dave. I'm great. How are you?
2: I'm all right. And I'm really excited that uh, I'm actually going to be up in Charlevoix pretty soon. I'm doing a little personal tour for a friend. So we'll be kind of walking around and driving around and checking out some of those really cool things you can see and do in Charlevoix. I'll make sure you you know, by the way.
1: Yeah, let me know and we'll
2: have to to meet up. It'd be good to do. Uh, So now, you know, for everybody else who uh, wants to come, and everybody does want to come to Charlevoix, if they know anything (laughs) about it. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the town itself. Why don't you tell us exactly where you are, and then give us a little picture of what Charlevoix is.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, So we are on the northwest coast of the Lower Peninsula. So we're located um, smack dab in the middle between Traverse City and the Mackinac Bridge. So we're an hour from each. Um, so most people have been to Traverse City or have been to the Mackinac Bridge, especially us Michiganders. Um, so Charlevoix is right between the two and just an hour away. So it's a great um, a great stop if you're doing um, a, a Lake Michigan tour or um, a tour of Northern Michigan. We're we're a great stop um, if you're if you're doing a tour, or you know you can stay a week too. We're happy to have you.
2: <laughs> yeah, so of course. You're, um, U.S. 31 kind of goes through town and and uh, is a a nice feature, and you can get up there relatively quickly. And once you get there, you're not going to want to leave, especially uh, for a big event day that you have coming up. You have kind of like a summer open house coming up.
1: Yes. Um, So summer open house is kind of like um, the beginning of summer in Charlevoix. So on June 9th. Um, beginning at 4 p.m. All of our downtown um, businesses kind of open up, roll out the red carpet uh, to to bring everyone back and welcome them back for the summer season. Um, it's a lot of fun. There's um, some great deals, lots of prizes, specials. Um, a lot of the shops put out um, drinks and um, appetizers, and it's just a lot of fun just, you know, to say, uh, you know, we made it back to summer, <laughs> Yeah, um, which is all of our favorite season um, here in Charlevoix. Um, summer is unbeatable. Um, it's great year-round, but, you know, we really shine in the summertime. So
2: You sure do. Um, well, yeah. I'm sure there are a lot of people who have driven through town. They've probably been rubbernecking as they've been going through town, and maybe they're on their way somewhere <laughs> else, and perhaps they haven't actually stopped downtown. Why don't you kind of give us a little Uh, walking tour through downtown, the types of businesses there are, uh, and kind of paint that picture for us.
1: Yes. So if you have driven through Charlevoix, um, you are missing out and you probably (laughs) might, possibly might be annoyed, honestly, (laughs) um, because there is, um, there is a, bit of, um, of traffic and we do have a drawbridge on 31 that goes up on on every half hour. Um, so if you're just driving through, you're, you're really doing yourself a disservice. You know, we, we tell people just stop and get out of your car. You know, there's free parking, um, a block off of downtown, there's free parking. Um, so just stop and walk around and, and stay stay for a little while. Um, so there's, a ton of green space um, walkable from downtown. Um, our lighthouse is walkable from downtown. We also have a very uh, beautiful kind of walkway along our pier. Um, it goes along the Pine River Channel. Um, you can see the drawbridge from there. Um, it's more fun to see the drawbridge out of your car go up and down um, than, hmm. than waiting behind a line of other cars. So that, we definitely... <laughs> Yeah, yes. We suggest you you get out of your car and, um, and you know, grab lunch and do a little shopping. Um, there's also, you know, tons of stuff going on, tons of events going on in downtown all year long, but especially in the summer, pretty much every day there's something happening. So
2: Well, it may not appear to be so, but there's plenty of parking all around town. You may want to kind of get off of 31 and maybe, you know, kind of go behind the, um, you know, the, the businesses and restaurants and such. You're going to find plenty of parking. And then Plan to do a little bit of walking and and you one thing I guess that people might want to know about is that you have a a number of art galleries yes,
1: yes, we are an artist's haven here in Charlevoix um probably because it's so beautiful um A lot of artists live here um full time and produce their beautiful artwork here as well. So we've got um, some artists that own galleries, um, and then just gallery owners who bring in art uh, artists from around the state, um, as well as around the country. So, any type of art that you enjoy, you could you could find in Charlevoix. So a lot of different local art, um, as well as the state. So um, I would say our our art kind of corridor starts um, a little bit south of Charlevoix, south of 31, in an old red schoolhouse called Beer Art Gallery. So you'll find that about 10 minutes south of town um, in an old red schoolhouse, and they have I would say probably 35 different artists that they feature. Most of them are from around the state, um, and then they do their own pottery there as well, which is fantastic. Um, and they actually opened up a brewery, uh, so if you if you get a little thirsty after you're doing your art shopping, <laughs> you can you can catch a, a couple drinks um, at their brewery, which is just. Um, a hop, skip, and a jump walking up a, a little path up the, up the hill, and the views are unbelievable up there, uh, views of Lake Michigan. So um, a, a Lake Michigan sunset um, from a brewery after you do your art shopping is, is kind of a, an ideal way to spend your afternoon. Um, but downtown also features um, probably eight to ten um, get art galleries and kind of antique gallery type shops as well. So um, if art is your thing it it yeah. is the place to be
2: yeah, it sure is I'm really glad you mentioned that that gallery kind of out of downtown a little bit because it reminds me that we've stayed at that state park there, which is awesome by the way and the
1: Sherman's. and mm-hmm. yeah
2: and and i'm I'm sure there's a day parking area. you should make sure to stop there and then go to the beach unlike a lot of areas where it's all sandy. you have all these beautiful rocks there
1: <laughs> we do. Um, Charlevoix is one of the best places in Michigan to find the Petoskey Stone, which is our state stone. So uh, Fisherman's Island State Park is an exceptional place to find them. Uh, Michigan Beach Park, Mount McSaba uh, Beach, all of these are um, you know, public beaches, open and, and free to the public to use. So um, they're great they're great places for the rock hounds and, and you'll see many people out there with um, you know bags and buckets filling filling them with stones and you'll even see some people with snorkels <laughs> yeah um, my, myself included once in a while but when, when the water's warm enough um, yeah I get I get out there and and look for Petoskey stones it's it's a blast it's so much fun
2: well and, and of course you're gonna want to book your state park stay well in advance because mm-hmm. this uh, park is very very popular so make sure to to do that don't just kind of show up and think you're going to get a a campsite so so as we do come back downtown let's say we're driving from the south we're 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 driving north and we see those you know all those beautiful um shops and restaurants to the left you mentioned the park to the right that is such a cool place just to kind of maybe if you just want to stop in and just kind of take in the atmosphere for a little while have a picnic it's a beautiful park
1: it is That's um, East Park, which is um, kind of the centerpiece of downtown. It's where concerts happen, where a lot of events happen as well. Um, but on a day-to-day basis, it's just an open green space. So you can grab a picnic lunch and, you know, head out to a picnic table and um, enjoy that beautiful space, um, which is... Um, right along the marina. Um, so you get to see lots of big, beautiful boats and a lot of people watching. Um, there's also an um, interactive water fountain for kids, um, a trout stream, which is very fun to look at as well. So there's so much um, to see and, and, and do in the East Park area in downtown. You no, know, there's just um, so
2: much to do all around town. And, of course, you have those really cool mushroom homes. You know, ask for the tour, by the way. Uh, I think you're gonna really love it. Charlevoix, the beautiful, as I mentioned, named that for obvious reasons. It really is such a cool place. And, and you have to kinda, once you get down to that, that riverfront, you know, just kinda north of the most of the downtown area, just kinda look up and down that channel and you're gonna notice that you know there's the big lake, then there's the smaller lake, which is still a pretty big lake. And then all around that lake, big, beautiful homes really cool. Check it out. The website is visitcharlevoix.com. Our thanks to Amanda Wilkins for being with us today. We're going to head to Frankenmuth next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. It's Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. We were talking earlier about how important it is that we get back to our festivals that uh, many of them we weren't able to enjoy this last couple of years. And here we are uh, getting back to being able to enjoy these really great festivals. Many of them, and I think my favorite festivals, somehow speak to the character of the community or the heritage or culture in that community. You know, some festivals are just music festivals, and that's great. But others give you a feeling of what that community is all about. And that is certainly the case for the folks we're going to talk to next in Frankenmuth. When you think about Frankenmuth, you think of a few things. One of them is uh, chicken dinners. (laughs) I know that. Bronner's, which is very cool. And then I think about, you know, the Bavarian heritage that is uh, so common there and so obvious there. And they have a big festival. It's coming up in June. We're going to find out about that next by bringing in Jeff Titsworth. He is the president of the Frankenmuth Bavarian Festival. Jeff, uh, are you looking forward to this coming festival?
0: Oh, you know I am. It's, uh, it's an exciting time of year for everybody here in town.
2: So, when when you finish a festival, how much time do you have before you start organizing for the next year's festival?
0: Uh, we take off probably about two weeks after we get everything cleaned up and then we uh, you sit down, you wrap up uh, what, what went on for the year and what was great and what was amazing. And then you take the great stuff and polish that and make it amazing for the next year and, and start planning.
2: Yeah, you know, I knew you were going to say that. I, and I and I bet there are a lot of people really surprised that it takes that long to put together a festival of this size and uh, one that uh, is really high quality and really offers amazing experiences. And it takes a lot of volunteers. How many people work on the festival with you?
0: Oh, wow. Well, first, thanks for saying that. Um, we have a, a committee of about 13 people that, that are planning year-round um, for the for the upcoming festival, and it takes upwards of 200 volunteers to to pull this thing off. Um, so we can create an event that uh, is, is welcoming to to everyone. Uh, I and mean, there's there's a lot that goes on there that behind the scenes that a lot of people just don't see.
2: Absolutely true, and that is that is the sign of a community that is working and making it work when you can get that many volunteers to be part of a festival. So you, seriously, thank you for, for what you do and all your volunteers as well. So the uh, the Bavarian Festival's coming up this year, June 9th through the 12th, that Thursday through Sunday. Uh, let's talk about some of the uh, kind of the well-known things that uh, people really look forward to. What are some of the the really common, you know, you know, most popular things for people to look forward to uh, with the Bavarian Festival?
0: Well, obviously, uh, our, our polka music with our heritage. Um, we've got uh, three nights of pretty amazing polka bands from around the country coming in. Um, one of the things that we've featured in the last three years that we've been downtown is our Friday night street party. Where we actually shut down Main Street through downtown Frankemuth and and bring the festival to the streets, um, polka bands on the on the street, um, a zip line running down Main Street. Oh wow! So there's that's that's a pretty cool event. That's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. So so for the the
2: music itself, uh, do you have all of your music uh, performances at that big um, that big event center behind the Bavarian Inn?
0: Actually, with uh, with our festival being downtown, um, if you guys are familiar with yep. the downtown location, the old mill in town right by the river is our main tent location where mm-hmm. we're going to have our main polka, main polka bands. We also have a rock tent located behind Tiffany's Restaurant on mm-hmm. Main Street. Um, so we've literally taken it back downtown to where it started back in the day
2: and in, in addition to the the polka music you do you do other other genres as well
0: yeah the, the last few years we've actually put a uh, another another genre with rock and roll being uh being pretty popular um so we we brought that downtown as well.
2: Well, I, I always liked the uh, the thought of uh, you know doing the the polka music. Uh, my first radio job was a as an engineer for a polka show. So I met her uh, uh, Marv Herzog, and all the all other polka greats of the past, which is kind of funny now. But but uh, you know it's such a it's such a lively, you know joy filled music. Uh, you don't find many. Uh, polka songs that don't have, you know, some kind of a you know fun rhythm to it that you just wanna you want to dance.
0: No, no, you certainly do not. Um it's funny you mentioned Marver's uh he's a, uh, he's obviously a local favorite. You can't not dance or at least <laughs> tap your foot to a good polka. True. We uh we see through that all weekend.
2: Yeah what other what other you know more popular activities can people look forward to?
0: Well this year uh, we have saturday um in the rocket tent we have a cornhole tournament um, which is being sponsored by tiffany's restaurant uh, two divisions so if you're not a an avid player and uh, a, a quote-unquote professional um we have a division for you we have some amazing prizes um if you're a cyclist if you like to ride a bicycle hmm. we have an event sponsored by the michigan jc senate organization Um, which is called the Rad Tour, which features a local family ride through town, um, a 25-mile ride or a 40-mile ride taking you through the the back country of the Frankenmuth area. So there's a little bit of something for everybody this year.
2: Nice. How about for kids, uh, any any events that are specifically for the children?
0: Well, Friday night during our street party, um, we're going to have some... uh, Bounce houses and some kids' activities on right on the street for them to enjoy. Um, Saturday there's also our Kinder parade where the kids have a chance to be in their own parade that goes from the River Place shops on the north end of town down Main Street and and ends down by the coffee shop here right in downtown Frankenmuth. So it, lots of stuff for the kids to do.
2: So the the Saturday parade is more more for the kids, and then do you have the big parade on Sunday?
0: Uh, the big parade on Sunday, uh, the Bavarian Festival Parade. That is the Sunday that everybody looks forward to in Um, It's where everybody comes out and welcomes, welcomes everyone and just has an amazing time. Um, shut down the entire town and have a, have a three hour parade.
2: <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And, and if you want to see people in at least what we think of as Bavarian, uh, attire, and it, it is attire from the past, you know, the drindles and the, what, what are the, what's the attire that men wear?
0: The lederhosen.
2: The lederhosen. You're going to find that on that parade day on Sunday for sure. Now, do you have uh, like a big uh, beer tent?
0: Oh, boy, absolutely. Yeah, I um, think so. main beer tent, um, speaking of German heritage yeah. and the wonderful uh, beverages, um, right downtown on the river um, is our beer tent and our main music tent. Um, we will have some uh, amazing beverages there for, for the adults to partake in, for sure.
2: Now, as people uh, get ready to... For their plans to attend the uh, Bavarian Festival June 9th through twelfth, uh, I, I will just say right now they better get their hotel rooms like now because it's always <laughs> tough if you don't if you don't book out early. And uh, how about you know restaurants? I, I know they're staying really busy too. Uh, any uh, recommendations on what should be done? Um, do you? I don't know if you can get reservations.
0: Oh, as far as food, um, well, wow, Bavarian Festival. We are, you know, the Zender's Restaurant downtown, Bavarian Festival Restaurant downtown, Tiffany's Restaurant downtown. Um, There's lots of fantastic places to eat. There may be a wait during Bavarian Fest because there is a a lot of people in town. Yeah. And you can call ahead and get reservations at all those places. Yeah, nice. For sure.
2: Well, I look forward to it myself. Uh, there's nothing like Frankenmuth. I mean, you, you think about two towns in Michigan that really celebrate their heritage. It would be Holland, with uh, Tulip Time Week, especially, and then Frankenmuth with Bavarian Festival Week, especially. But you're going to find, you know, those those cultural heritage, that flavor of their heritage, in both of those places year round. Uh, But you will not want to miss the Bavarian Festival in Frankenmuth coming up June 9th through the 12th. Always a great deal of fun. Make sure to uh, make it uh, a plan to include a walk through Bronner's Christmas Wonderland as part of your experience. Can't go to uh, Frankenmuth without that. And then I I do highly recommend you choose at least one. I would go to both Zender's and Bavarian Inn Restaurant for uh, some of your dining plans, because that's Frankenmuth. I mean, those chicken dinners, um, that's really part of the Frankenmuth experience. So for more information on the festival itself, go to BavarianFestival.org, BavarianFestival.org. For information and our thanks to Jeff Tidsworth, Bavarian Festival President. Great great to have you with us today. We're going to head up to Mackinac region, not just the island, but the entire area next to find out what's happening at the historic parks here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. We're going to head up to what I'm guessing is really the the most popular spot for travel and tourism in the state. You know, everybody wants to say they are. Everybody's proud of that. But uh, if you think about it, that Mackinac region, probably is is one of the most popular places. Detroit's the most visited. Let's, let's get that clear. But uh, one of the most popular places to go to is the Mackinac region. And one of the reasons is not just because of, you know, all the cool things you can find today, from today, but it's because of the history of that region. So many cool things happened there, and you can experience many of them when you visit one of the attractions that make up the Mackinac State Historic Parks. To explain that, let's bring in Dominic Miller. He's chief of marketing for the Mackinac State Historic Parks. Dominic, what do I mean by that when I talk about, you know, there are many attractions, many locations and such that make up the, entor- the entire historic park as we know it?
3: Well, Mackinac, first of all, thanks, Dave, for having me on the, on ba- the program. I'm ba- very excited to be to be here today. And Mackinac State Historic Parks is, is the history of, of the Straits of Mackinac region from you know the pre-european uh contact with with the, the native americans that were here up until present day so we have the entire spectrum of, Ma- of Michigan's history up here. And really, you can you can talk about the history of the United States kind of using the lens of Mackinac, um, looking through there. So, you know, any any period in the history of, of this fine state, you're going to find it here uh, within our historic sites of Mackinac State
2: Historic Parks. I'm really glad you brought up our Native American heritage, because when I think of the historic parks, I usually think of that, you know, European influence and and you kind know, of the the European Americanization of the region, but obviously our 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 Native American stories are important for us to know too. What where where can people experience some of those stories?
3: So we we have a few of our sites where where we we really try to explore uh, that really you know rich history, uh, at Colonial Michilimackinac, Mackinac, Mackinac City, uh, we have a whole Native American encampment set out outside the site. Um, While, you know, the fort was built and the fur traders and the voyageurs and, and all of these people were coming through, they were relying on the people who had lived here for thousands of years um, to to help them and assist them. And and we try to explore that history here at Colonial Michilimackinac. And then at the Biddle House over on Mackinac Island, uh, last year we opened up a brand new exhibit uh, at the Biddle House called the Mackinac Island Native American Museum that uses um, uh, the history of Agatha Biddle, who was uh, an Anishinaabe woman who lived there um, in the 1820s, 1830s, and kind of explores that, that rich history through her eyes, through the lens of Agatha Biddle, exploring, um, you know, the changing um life of the Anishinabek people, especially in the early 19th century when um, it was really a, a very big period of change for for, uh, for Native Americans in the Straits of Mackinac and, and really, you know, in the United States, but really up here is where we're kind of Diving into with that exhibit, and it explores how their their ways of life and their culture and um, and things were shifting, but also how it's a continuing story, and it's not it didn't just end in the 19th century. The the story of the Anishinaabe is still still being told up here in the Straits of Mackinac, and they're still thriving, and we try to explore that in that exhibit as well. And um, you know, and up at Fort Mackinac, we have uh, a lot about Native American history, and then at our art museum as well, the Richard and Jane Manugian Mackinac Art Museum on Mackinac Island. Uh, We have pieces in there that date back uh, more than 10,000 years that were, um, you know, Native American pottery shirts that we have found. So uh, the history of the Native American people is is rich and is, um, you know, really interesting. And it's on display in several spots um, in Mackinac City and Mackinac Island.
2: Glad you do that. You know, as they say, history is written by the victors. Uh, So we don't often hear the perspective of Native Americans from that time. So what, what a great opportunity. Now, now you have several spots that make up the entire park complex. Uh, kind of bring us through those.
3: Absolutely. So we'll start in Mackinac City, uh, where we have Colonial Michelin Mackinac. It's a reconstructed fort and fur trading village. Um, it's a different year of the Revolution. Every year at Colonial Mitchell Mackinac, this year we're taking you into 1779, uh, as war kind of headed west in the Revolution, so out here it was a little more, um, you know, immediate to the folks who were living here historically, and we have lots of programs and daily things that, that kind of go through what the people in this area of uh, distant British Alps were going through during the American Revolution. Right next door to Colonial Michelin Mackinac's old Mackinac Point Lighthouse. We set it up there about 1910 before the bridge was built, Um, and we have a lot of. uh refurbished areas inside the lighthouse that um, talk about the keepers and the people who live there and why there was a lighthouse and why it was important. And we also have a shipwreck museum on site there. Huh. Uh, three miles east of Mackinac City, we have Historic Mill Creek Discovery Park. It's a, more of a natural history site, but it ties into our other historic sites because uh, a sawmill was built out there. And basically, Mackinac Island was built with a lumber that was cut at Historic Mill Creek. It was sent over Lake Huron over to Mackinac Island which is a segue into our Mackinac Island sites. We have Fort Mackinac, of course, is the big one inside there. That's an authentic Revolutionary War fort. Uh, in front of that, you have the Richard and Jane Manoogie and Mackinac Art Museum that has timeless pieces of Mackinac related art from uh, you know, 10,000 years ago, as I was talking about before, up to a brand new juried exhibition that we do every year with, with brand new art inside the museum. Uh, The Biddle House that features the Mackinac Native American Museum is down on Market Street. And we also have the American Fur Company Store and Dr. Beaumont Museum on Market Street, uh, which is going to have a brand new exhibit for 2022.
2: In fact, I was just going to ask you about some of those new exhibits because you mentioned uh, the the Beaumont House and you also mentioned uh, the school. So Mm -hmm. I know you have different exhibits there. Tell us about that Beaumont exhibit.
3: Absolutely. Well, 2022 is um, a very important year for us on Mackin Island. It is the 200th anniversary of a famous accident that happened in the American Fur Company store. That's when um, uh, a gentleman named Alexis Saint Martin was accidentally shot in the stomach. A gun went off inside the store. Uh, they called down the Fort surgeon, Dr. William Beaumont, who miraculously saved this man's life. And this is 1822, remember? Um, so it's uh, you know, medicine is um, not what it is today. Yeah. And And um, so they, they saved his he saved his life, but then the wound never fully healed. Um, he had a, a hole open on his stomach that Dr. Beaumont saw as an opportunity and started doing experiments on this uh, uh, this, this gentleman. And uh, Alexis St. Martin, where he would dip different things into his stomach and see how the stomach would digest it. Um, this had never been done. It was how the how digestion worked wasn't really known. And Dr. Beaumont became one of the first American doctors to really be published and be able to be an authority on something. And all you know work on digestion and everything that we know about it today stems from those original experiments that Dr. Beaumont did. You know, 200 years ago. Since it's the anniversary of that um, that accident that you know what started off these experiments, we have a brand new exhibit going inside the uh, beaumont museum uh it's uh, going to be a lot of interactives kind of talking about. Uh, Alexis St. Martin, what his life was like, Dr. Beaumont, what his life was like, and, and how the story continued. It, you know, that accident happened on Mackinac, but Beaumont and St. Martin were attached. And sometimes St. Martin was a, was an unwilling participant in <laughs> these experiments. And it kind of uh, you know dives into the relationship between these two and, and how um, they continued on for several years after they left Mackinac as well, but how oh, wow. it started here. So um, it's going to have some interactive elements, um, some uh, new panels and things like that. It's, it's a fairly small room, so we're going to put as much in there as we possibly can to explore that story further.
2: Very neat. And I know that uh, one of the other new exhibits has something to do with the school. Tell us about that as well.
3: Absolutely. So, the schoolhouse in Fort Mackinac, it's being reimagined into the reading room, uh, as it would have been called historically. Um, you know, education became a, an important part of the U.S. Army and how they wanted to um, have their soldiers be a little more educated moving forward. And so, they installed these reading rooms in the forts that had the latest periodicals, newspapers, books, um, and some school lessons were taught in there as well. But uh, this will be a much more interactive experience. People can go in there and actually read, the, I'm using air quotes, the latest periodical from 1880 and um, and see what the soldiers were learning and, and get a better understanding of what it was like to be a soldier in the U.S. Army in the
2: 1880s. Uh, just fantastic. Everything you guys do, just incredible. Thank you for that. Dominic Miller, the Chief of Marketing with Mackinac State Historic Parks. And to find out more, go to the website, Parks. Here's how to remember which Mackinac it is. You want to see it. It is Mackinac with a C, Parks.com. Hard to believe, but that is all the time we have for Travel Michigan for this week. We'll talk to you next week here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling.